Ten Musar with Rabbi Lauren Berman, Building Yourself One Trade at a Time, a 10-part spiritual journey into Musar. Today we're learning Chesed. Oh, it feels like the world needs Chesed right now. <laughs> Lots of kindness in the world. So um, Pam is going to make him a... Oh, there we go. Okay, beautiful. Okay, we're going to jump right in here. Thanks, everyone, for being here. Great. Hello, everybody. Hello again. Thank you for having me again, again, again. Uh, I want to dedicate uh, today's learning for starters to our friends, family, neighbors in the Middle East who have died, who have been injured, who are afraid, suffering, and could all use a little bit of chesed, a healthy dose of love and kindness right now. That will be the midah of the day. Um, chesed, loosely translated as almidot, sort of are as kindness, is kindness. And it was first translated as loving kindness in 1535, fun fact, um, by William Tyndale, who wrote the first full English translation of the Bible, of the Hebrew Bible. And it's no coincidence that we are doing chesed this week. In fact, this week is Shavuot, this weekend. And on the second day of Shavuot, we read the book of Ruth, which many describe as the book of chesed. And the Midrash on Ruth actually makes this point. Rabbi Zaira said the Megillah contains neither impurity nor purity, not the forbidden nor the permitted. And I will add, and I'll say, so, so what's the point? What's the point of it? Give me the good stuff that religion is made of. Nonetheless, Rabbi Zaira says the book of the scroll of, the, of, of, of Ruth has been written to publicize the extent of the reward that is bestowed on those who engage in acts of kindness and gimme loot chasadim. If you're curious, about what it has to do with Chesed, the book of Ruth. It's something like, I don't know, 85 verses. So take a look for yourselves. In a sense, Shavuot is also the holiday of Chesed, of deep, extraordinary kindness. God gave us God's most prized possession, the, tre the treasure, the Torah. And God perhaps knew we would do great things with it, ideally. But the willingness to give something like that away to human beings, imperfect human beings, was indeed an act of chesed. So we're going to be talking about chesed today. Let's first go through just a bit of a review as we have been doing for our new listeners and for us here today. Um, let's go through the first five midot that we've learned. And hopefully on the days that we're not learning together, you've been trying to practice or at least been more mindful um, of that, which more mindful than you would be otherwise of some of these traits and how they play out, play out in our lives. Let's begin with the beginning. Uh, uh, and I'm sure, uh, I hope these, these reviews really uh, have, have helped remind us of the work that, that we've done and what we, what we still have left to do. We started with Hitlam Dut, the beginner's mindset, learning from everyone, everything, no matter how big, no matter how small. We turned to Anava, or humility, being down to earth, proud of our achievements, but aware of the help we needed to get there. And in terms of behavior, we saw how Anava is about knowing how much space I should be taking up in a certain moment and taking up no less than amount than that amount and no more. Some of us take up too much space and need to sometimes take a back seat, while others are oftentimes more bashful or feel uncomfortable speaking up for one reason or another. And Anava encourages us to overcome those inhibitions if in fact we really should be taking up a bit more space. We turn to gratitude. We broke down this midah into three, uh, three parts noticing the good, no matter how many bad things may overshadow it. And this is largely internal, requiring mindfulness, mindfulness visualizations, and it's sometimes easier to do than others. And then the second component was verbally, verbally offering thanks for the things that are good. That too can be an uncomfortable act. Thanking demonstrates a, a certain sense of vulnerability, which is healthy at the end of the day. And then finally, repaying that good somewhere in the world, this paying it forward with more good, with chesed, that'll be our focus today. And as we mentioned, it's a cycle. As we inject more good into the world, there's more good to be thankful for, and so on and so forth. Our third midah was rizut, alacrity, enthusiasm, zeal. Uh, by the way, I thought of a pun, which uh, is, is, is what, the question is, what is zeal? The answer is zeal. Sorry, yeah, what is what is zrizut? And the answer is zeal, because in Aramaic, the word zeal means go. It's actually an Aramaic word, zeal. It means go. Zeal gemor, go and learn. So what is zrizut? 
zeal, but the Hebrew, Aramaic, zeal, get up and go. We, we also highlighted the three components of this midah, the physical, the get up and go, the cognitive, the staying focused on a task at hand, and the emotional, doing it from a place of love and enthusiasm, not out of a feeling of coercion or doing something reluctantly. This midah is critical to all of Musar because it is action-oriented. And Musar, as we've, as we've spoken about, as we've studied, is more about study, even though that's what we've been doing together. It's really about action, about small actions. And finally, last week, we learned about kavod, or honor, or respect. To show kavod for ourselves, uh, is to rec- to, to ourselves and, and for others, is to recognize the divine image, the tzelem elokim, in another person, and to treat them in a dignified way accordingly. In a capitalist culture, where everything is valued in terms of the monetary value of something, how do we show value for one another? The answer is through kavod. When I give a lot of kavod to someone, it's me showing you I value you and that you are valued. And when I give myself kavod, I'm doing the same thing. I'm telling myself I am valued. The word respect, we said, means literally to look again, re, again, spect, spectacles, to look again, to respect someone is to look at them again, to look at them deeper, to see beyond the physical and even beyond one's reprehensible actions. There's There's a divine spark there somewhere, somewhere, sometimes it's hidden, but it's there. And we pray that when we give someone kavod, even when we are rebuking them or critiquing them, when we do so out of care and hope that a person will grow, then the divine spark will emerge more clearly. There are many ways to show honor. We discuss simply dressing for the occasion, taking care of one's body in a certain way, paying attention and unplugging in the presence of others. We talked about asking people for advice and showing them that their opinions matter by not embarrassing others in public. We talked about respecting people's time by showing up on time, preparing properly for meetings, classes, meals, other gatherings. In another way, we can show kavod to somebody else is through acts of chesed, which brings us to today's midah. Today, we'll be learning about chesed, which is oftentimes, as I mentioned, translated as loving kindness, loving hyphen kindness. Indeed, it is that, but it's so much more. Chesed appears all over Jewish literature, literally all over. It appears 250 times or so in Tanakh, in the Hebrew Bible, 500 times throughout the Talmud. I did the counting. I I mean, I I searched for it. 2,000 times in the Midrash, 4,000 times in Halakhic literature, 3,500 times in Kabbalah, 8,000 times in Chassidut, in Hasidic literature, you get the point. Chesed, this word chesed appears all over the place and so many times. These few selections that we're going to be studying today are far from the only ones out there. So what are some of the common ones? Let's start here. Some of these you might be familiar with, because, and I think a lot of them actually have songs associated with them, which helps us remember them. Chesed. We look at Pirkei Avod, the Torah stands on three things, on Torah, on Avodah, on worship, and on Chesed. We can unpack this Mishnah from Pirkei Avod just a little bit right now. Without fully defining Chesed, the, in the intricacies of Chesed, we know it's a pillar on which the world stands now, in the present. When we talk about pillars of the community, We mean people who are core parts of the community, who help define its character, and yes, contribute oftentimes uh, to help keep it going strong and to keep the lights on. Chesed is a pillar of the world. Without it, the world falls, or it's just lopsided or unstable at best. We could say uh, America runs on chesed, if you will, or so we hope. Perhaps you've heard a more modern song, uh, this is for the next text here from Psalms 89. Olam chesed yibaneh. Rabbi Menachem Predator wrote a nice version a number of years ago. The world is built with or from chesed. A similar idea as we just saw. But it adds at least two new ideas. One is that it's not just that the world runs on chesed now. It's that it always has been the case since day one. And second, it suggests that chesed precedes the world. Chesed precedes the world. There's something infinite about chesed. 
In the words of a different Mishnah, chesed has no shiur. It has no limit. It has no minimum. It has no maximum. Chesed is infinite. Along similar lines, that chesed is infinite and separate from this world, chesed is both one of the 10 Kabbalistic spherot, these emanations of God, and one of the 13 characteristics of God that we recite during the high holidays. They appear in the book of Exodus, and they read, right? Right? You know, in, in English, said in English, God, God is 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 kel rachum is is a compassionate bechanun gracious erech apayim slow to anger. These are all great midot. Then Rav Chesed, literally Rav Chesed Emet of Chesed, much Chesed and Emet truth. These are all. We're not going to go through all of the the characteristics of God. We just went through the first few. But one of these characteristics we see is Rav Chesed. Rav Chesed. God is literally, literally, among other things, Rabbi Chesed. Rav Chesed. He's Rabbi Chesed. God's Rabbi Chesed. The, or the master of Chesed. The teacher of Chesed. Or what it more likely means is the one who is abundant. Who's filled with Chesed. The one who created the world as an act of Chesed. And the one who treats us with Chesed every day. Sustaining us through our breaths and our bodies and natural laws making sure the world continues to spin and to stand. God is full of chesed. And for those who are interested in Tanakh, going, uh, going to our prophets, uh, who have seen this verse plastered on, on a number of synagogue walls, the prophet Micah says, and what does, God, what does God demand of you? That you do justice, that you love chesed, and that you walk humbly or modestly with your God. This is distinct from the previous text in at least two ways as well. It brings chesed from out there, down here, down to earth. It's not something outside only, a sustaining force, a force from God. It's something we do. We, we do chesed. We do, we do justice, as it says. We do chesed. We walk humbly. But more than that, this verse from Micah introduces an affective, affective dimension that not only are we supposed to do chesed, we have to love chesed. We're told to love chesed. It's not, it's not something we just tick off, you know, check off a box. No, we're supposed to love chesed. If we do acts of chesed without love behind it, that's not chesed. That's just good manners. It's the right thing to do. If I see someone struggling and I help them, that's not chesed. That's just me being a nice person, right? But if I, if I go out of my way, right, uh, with, a, with some level of excitement to help somebody else, that, that's more of an act of chesed. So chesed is core to this world. It, it's an attribute of God, and it's something we are asked to do and to love. As I mentioned, chesed is oftentimes translated as kindness. Does this translation fall short? Well, what is this word, this English word, kindness? I learned a lot preparing for this as to the, some of the roots of this word kindness. The adjective comes from another word, which literally means natural, native, or innate with feelings of rel feeling relative or in relationship with someone else. It's related to the word kin, like family. Kindness is related to the word kin. And as I said, the word natural, native, it, it eventually becomes more associated with connotations of, of being compassionate and loving and tender. On a descriptive level, it seems like kindness is the way that we behave with our families. Kin, kindness, we behave this way with our families with those we identify deeply with. Kindness is not necessarily something that extends outside of my inner circles from this reading. It's not a midah or a trait I really need to work on because as the word itself suggests, it comes naturally to me like a parent does for a child or as one member of family does for the other. In an ideal world, we feel natural love. It's not something we need to cultivate for our family. Torah. Musar included does make a distinction between our different circles of responsibility and relationship and corresponding love we have for one another. I have myself, I have my family, I have my friends, I have my community, I have my country, I have my world. There are, you know, broad circles. But to the extent that chesed is the type, chesed is the type of action we would do for somebody else, regardless of our relationship with them, the very word kindness is instructive. When we treat others 
with kindness. We are treating them in ways that are similar to how we might treat members of our family. And there's a prescriptive point here that even for those who are not in our family, we are challenged to treat them in a similar way. That, that's, on a natural, that's on a physical level, but simply doing an act, which is quote unquote kind, is not enough. As we said, on an emotional level, those acts need to be done with loving motivation, with kavana, with which we would act with our family. And even deeper than that, it should come like a natural feeling. I shouldn't feel like forced to help somebody else. I should love doing it. And as we work on this midah, it should just come naturally to me. I love people. I want to help people. Some of us are more like this than others. In my view, the way that we just unpack this word kindness positions itself as a great way to translate chesed. I actually think it's a good one. It includes action, doing a good deed. It includes relationship. And it includes affect, emotions, doing it naturally and lovingly. But a number of questions remain. To what ends are we to treat others with chesed? Why should we do this? What are the parameters of chesed? What are traditional examples in the Jewish literature of chesed? And how can we develop a personality of chesed? To begin, Rav Wolby, our friend Rav Wolby, Rav Shlomo Wolby, 20th century Israel, born in Germany, we've learned about him before, author of Ali Shore. He dedicates like 15 pages, and that's like 12 like different sort of subchapters to this midah of chesed. It's not something simple, not insignificant. Chesed is very important. He opens up the chapter of chesed by explaining that the snake in the garden, the Garden of Eden, tried to seduce us by telling us that we'd be like God, a creator of worlds. And it worked. We ate from the tree. We were seduced. But actually, the snake was wrong. The snake misled them. It's not that when we ate from the tree that that would allow us to create worlds. And that's what it means to be like God. God was afraid, right, that we'd be like God. No, that's not what it means to be like God. Rather, the power to create worlds, that's not what it means. What it means is actually chesed. Chesed is the power to create worlds. When we are like God, what it means to create a world is through chesed. We're going we're gonna to unpack this because it's a little confusing. Let's just think of the power of chesed. What does chesed do? Chesed raises up the downtrodden. It revives those who were depressed. Chesed, Rav will be explained, is not tzedakah. It's very different from tzedakah. Tzedakah often, is oftentimes well, generally considered money. Right? We're giving, someone has asked us for money. So what's chesed? Here are his words. He quotes from the book of Deuteronomy. Rather, you must open your hand and lend them sufficient for them in that which they lack. Rashi says, lend them, lend him. If the person does not want a gift, okay, give it to them as a loan. The part of the verse that says, make sure what you lend them is sufficient. Rashi adds, but you don't have to make them rich. And then the part of the, the verse that says that we must open our hand and lend them sufficient for them in that which they lack, Rashi explains, what this means is you must provide them even with a horse to ride on and a slave to run before them. So that, that's what they lack. And then in terms of sufficient for them, not more. Oh, sorry, I misspoke. Um, what, yeah, so that's Rashi. What about, about, about the horse and the slave? But Rav Wolbe adds, explains, when it says that we have to provide that something that's sufficient for them, Rav Wolbe explains, and not more than that. And then Rav Wolbe makes a very important point here about chesed. In talk, it, on the verse that says that we have to provide them for that which they lack, Rav Wolbe says, for this, there are no norms. We don't define this. Just as the minds of people are different, so too are their lackings. One who wants to be a person of chesed must do hit lamdut to see and pay attention to what the person lacks. Chesed is more than an act of giving. It's personal. It's tailored to the individual. It requires preparation, investment. It's extensive. And most importantly, sustaining. It is sustaining another person. As the world is sustained by chesed, we sustain each other with chesed. And chesed is not about 
what I think someone needs. It's not paternalistic. It's what they need in that moment to feel seen, honored, and whole. We can break up chesed. We can break up chesed into three stages. And I base this off of a, uh, an article by Rabbi Leora Kay. She's summarizing a great animation um, by, by a very interesting fellow named Hanan Harkol. And she summarizes his animation as follows. And I would say that this is in line with Rav Wolby, that the three stages of chesed are one, choosing to feel and or hear another person's pain or hurt. We see this in the pasuk that we just read and Rashi's commentary. That's one step of chesed. And that in and of itself is an act of chesed, choosing to feel someone's pain. That's chesed. Number two, choosing to act to help heal that person's pain or hurt. This we haven't seen yet, but think of God. God notices our pain as slaves and steps in to redeem us. And then third, doing, the, uh, doing what we just said without any expectation of reward. We may appreciate expressions of gratitude or a favor returned, and it may even feel good to do the chesed, but sincere acts of chesed are not motivated by those ends. So again, three stages, hear someone's pain, feel their pain, two, act to help them, to sustain them, and three, do it because it's the right thing. Don't expect anything in return, no, more, no matter how pleasant it might feel. From what we've seen so far about chesed, it's more about doing a good deed or an act of loving kindness. It is a loving act of loving kindness. Doing my taxes, paying membership dues, giving a dollar to a homeless person to shoo them away, that's not an act of chesed. That's a good deed, perhaps. And at least to an extent, right? These things I'm doing can sustain a person or an organization, but they're not done out of love. That's the important part. We saw this most, actually, uh, we mentioned earlier, in gratitude, in Zrizut, that there are oftentimes multiple components to practicing and exhibiting a midah. There's always a physical piece, but that needs to be accompanied by a certain kavana, a certain tension, a certain mindset, a certain emotional state. In our case here, the good deed is one that helps sustain a person physically or emotionally based on what their needs are. And it's done from a place of love and ideally a feeling of natural, organic love as well. The Talmud adds some color to this picture. It reads, the rabbis taught, or is the rabbis taught, in three ways, gimilut chasadim, what we're talking about, chesed, is greater than tzedakah. It's greater than tzedakah. Why is it greater than tzedakah? Tzedakah is, accompanied with, is accomplished with money. Gimilut chasadim, with one's money or one's person. Tzedakah is for the poor. Gimilut chasadim is done for the rich and the poor. Tzedakah is done for the living. Gimilut chasadim is for the living and the dead. We see from this piece of Talmud that acts of chesed can be done for anyone at any point in their lives through any means. Sounds really broad, I know. Perhaps too broad, if you think of a paradox of choice. And also, what's the limit? There's no shortage of rich people in the world. There's no shortage of poor people in the world. People are being born all the time perhaps less than now, according to some research, than in the past. And people are dying all the time. And even when I don't have the money, as long as I have my person, my body, and I'm alive, theoretically, I can do chesed, according to this text. I can always do acts of chesed. I can always give of myself as long as I live. We're going to see why that might be hard to do shortly, or why we need to be approach chesed with moderation. But I want to turn to another beautiful text that echoes this idea and more. It's one of my favorite texts. I actually learned it at Pardes. The Talmud in the volume of Sota says that the Torah is bookmarked by chesed. It begins with an act of chesed and it acts and it ends with an act of chesed. It begins with God clothing Adam and Eve. Clothing the naked is an example of chesed. And it ends with chesed, with God burying Moses. Burying the dead is also an act of chesed. And I think there are four points at least to take away from here. First, 
is that this text gives us concrete examples of chesed, at least two examples here. It tells us that the Torah, and it also tells us that the Torah is replete, is full of chesed. By telling us that it begins and ends with chesed, it's basically telling us from A to Z, which means all of it. The Talmud's telling us that it's the whole essence. The whole essence of Torah is chesed, and that we can find chesed throughout. We said Ruth is the book of chesed. Yes, and the whole Torah is the book of chesed. The passage also teaches us, thirdly, that from cradle to grave, when we're literally naked and need someone to clothe us, to the grave when we get buried, there are opportunities for chesed, to perform chesed. And finally, it tells us that God, God, God's self, is a God of chesed. We saw this earlier as well with the 13 characteristics of God. That when we do these, but when we do these things, these acts of chesed, we are acting like God. When we do chesed, that's our way of bringing divine attributes down to earth, infusing the world with, I would say, goodness and godness, with goodness and godness. Many of us, though not all of us, have studied this idea that the Torah tells us to walk in God's ways, to follow God's ways, which the sages understand to not mean to literally walk, but actually to instead emulate God, to imitate God's ways. Just as God is merciful and kind, compassionate, so should we be. Just as God clothes the naked, so should we. Just as God visits the sick and the mourners and buries the dead, so should we. This leads us to an interpretation that engaging, this is a, very, this is a key Musar uh, teaching, what we're about to go through, that engaging and embodying chesed is what it means to be made in the image of God. Last week, I think we talked about the dangers of defining what it means to be in the image of God, because then you'll find somebody who doesn't fit. Rav Desler, Rav Eliyahu Desler, author of Michtav Eliyahu, we've alluded to him a number of times throughout our time together. He says that, he has, he, well, he has a section in his magnum opus, Michtav Eliyahu. It's called Kuntris HaChesed, literally a pamphlet or a booklet or a treatise of sorts on Chesed. And he writes, when God created the human, God made humans a giver and a taker. The power of giving is a higher power of the traits of the creator of all, who has mercy, does good, and gives without receiving anything in exchange. God lacks nothing. As the verse says, if you are righteous, what do you give him? So, says the book of Job. And we are only able to express our thanks, the roots of our services of God. Thus, God made the human as it's written in the image of God. God made human for the human is able to have mercy, do good, and give. What's he saying? This is to say that what it means that we're created in the image of God is that we have the potential to be givers. When we give, we are full. And this is not only like literally giving. It's a personality of being a giver. We are fulfilling that image when we give. We could also be a taker. The potential is there too, but that is not the direction God wants us to go in. We begin life as takers. Babies take. I have a friend who has a baby. When the baby wants something, the baby goes like this. It's very cute, but the baby is a taker. Give me, give me, give me. But when we grow up, God gives. When we grow up, we're supposed to give. Just as God gives, God gives life. God sustains, so too are we to give life. As we procreate, that's a chesed of sorts for the next generation. And as we sustain, right, which we do through chesed, this doesn't mean that we never take. Who doesn't take? But we should give a lot more than we take. When I give a lot, my personality is that of a giver. If I take a lot, I'm a taker. If I take just a little, not necessarily a taker, I took. But this doesn't mean that we should not receive. Receiving and taking are two different things. We're supposed to be receivers. Otherwise, everybody would be giving and everything would be ownerless because nobody's willing to accept it. We're supposed to receive from others, but we're not supposed to feel like it's our right to take hold of whatever comes to our hand. This is where gratitude comes in. The difference between being a taker and a receiver 
is when I acquire something as a receiver, I'm grateful for what I have and I want to give back. The taker just takes it. And that's the end of the story. The word actually, Natan, to give, Natan, Nun, Taf, Nun, is a, is a palindrome. So actually, when I give in one direction, I'm actually receiving in another, or that I can. So Nun, Taf, Nun, Nun, Taf, Nun. In both directions, there is a relationship of giving and receiving. When I give in one direction, giving comes right back to me, and I'm open to receiving that. If we want to maximize and realize our divine image, what does that mean? What does that mean that we're supposed to just give, 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 give? After all, God, God is infinite and infinitely giving. So how much are we supposed to give of our bodies, of our money to everyone, rich and poor, everyone dead and alive? What wisdom can help focus us as we take on this, 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 this personality of chesed? There are limits to chesed as there are with most midot. I have a spectrum here. If we think of a spectrum, we have on one hand, some, I would actually say maybe on one hand, on, the, on our left side is cold water. And on the right side, perhaps, is hot water or personalities of being hot and cold. On, the, on one side, we have uh, someone who acts in ways that are stingy, frugal, the person selfish, driven by fear of shame, of losing what one has. Someone who feels exceedingly entitled to what is theirs. Someone who gives, but perhaps only on their own terms. Only causes I believe in. When it's convenient for me. They might embody this expression, what's mine is mine. And a story. Though this person feels they are keeping their possessions close, there's, a, there's an expression in, in the rabbinic literature. Tafasta maruba, lo tafasta. If you try to do it all, if you try to have it all, try to keep it all, it's going to come right through your fingers. You're not going to get anything at the end of the day. You could think about work like this, if you, or if you have too many jobs, too many tasks. If you try to do it all, at the end of the day, everything's going to suffer. Just stay focused um, and balanced. And one of these things, that if you're just holding on to everything, one of the things that we're not able to grasp as we try to hold everything close to us is connection. Connection with others because of their fear and their focus on themselves. This is the person who does not demonstrate chesed at all. Rabbi Art Green from Hebrew College says it this way. He says, our fears create defenses and defenses turn into klipot or shells around our hearts that make our natural chesed inaccessible to us. When we are fearful, when we are scared and we want to keep everything to ourselves, we actually harden our hearts in a way. We create these defenses that don't actually allow us to, to, to act in ways uh, that are embodying a chesed. The other extreme, which we could say is the hotter water is the one who gives everything, who doesn't know how to say no. Perhaps, perhaps they never feel the desire to say no. What's mine? What's mine is yours. What's mine is yours. What, like, what's mine? I don't own anything. This person may feel that giving is their way of feeling whole, but it's dangerous. It's dangerous and it demonstrates a lack of self-care. One can drive themselves and their finances into the ground this way. This type of person may also resemble perhaps a helicopter parent. The parent wants to do everything for their child, just take care of everything. But of course, as we said, tafasta maruba, lo tafasta. Try to do everything for them, and you will in fact be doing the very opposite. You'll be hurting them by not letting them venture out onto their own to explore, make mistakes. Being a helicopter parent is the opposite of chesed. It's actually destructive. This person is the most giving in the extreme. They have too much chesed, too much chesed, which leaves us in the middle, what we can call chasadim tovim from the Amidah, from the central Jewish prayer. Komel chasadim tovim, bekone hakol, chasadim tovim. It's not just that God does chesed. God does chasadim tovim, good chesed. Chesed in this read is not objectively good. It can be bad, but there's a good type of chesed. Good chesed. God does good chesed. We can also add that the balanced chesed is an ohev chesed, right? Someone who loves chesed. They don't do chesed out of fear of not being loved. Think of people who give a lot, mainly, you know, for some sort of recognition, right? These people don't do chesed out of fear of not being loved or recognized. They do it because they want to do chesed. 
They don't not do chesed because they fear they'll lose everything. This person does not let fear push them in one direction or another. They let love drive, drive them. And that love is a love for chesed. Loving chesed and doing good chesed, that's what we're striving for. The Tosafot Yom Tov, Tosafot Yom Tov, 16th, 17th century Eastern Europe, comments on Pirkei Avot. He says, uh, which in, in the particular Mishnah there, it says that one who says what's mine is yours is a pious person. What's mine is yours. That's a pious person. But he, so we would think, so the, God, the person all the way on the right who gives everything sounds like a pious person, right? What's mine is yours, take it all. He clarifies, not that the person gives away all they own, as the sages say, that even one who gives freely should not give more than a fifth of what they have in order that they not give too much and be forced to depend on others. Rather, the Mishnah is discussing one who gives the proper amount. So there's a limit to how much one ought to give and being sure that, are we, and being sure that we ourselves have enough to get by is critical. In other words, if I'm not for myself, who will be for me? If we don't take care of ourselves also, how can we take care of others? He's highlighting here that as the more that we give, eventually the more we'll come to depend on others. What are some acts of chesed in the traditional Jewish corpus? Not the type of chesed that God does for us, but the type that the Musar masters and the Talmud and other texts suggest that we engage in. I have 12 examples here of acts of good, balanced, healthy chesed. I might've miscounted because I might've added some, I might've taken away some. Some of these you'll notice really help sustain somebody in scary moments. As we said, chesed is about sustaining. It's about sustaining, sustaining other people. And others simply help another person with what they need at that moment. And all of those are done with smiles. And all of those are done as acts of chesed. We have someone who's lost. We have someone who's lost looking for directions. And a chesed person gives them those directions. Someone giving the other a dignified handshake when they meet them with a smile. Good job offering positive reinforcement to others. We all have an image here of offering a loan and working uh, to, to help somebody get out of, you know, who's been, who's been uh, out on their luck. We have sitting with a sick person, just sitting, literally just sitting there in a hospital. The doctors help heal. We can sit there and heal in a different way. Just being there to listen to someone who's having a hard time. Celebrating in person. Celebrating, actually. That's an act of chesed, too. It's not just doing, like, nice things, you know, to help somebody, you know, move up, right? Actually celebrating somebody in person. Mazel tov! From a distance. That is, that's chesed. That's chesed. Tipping the scales in one's favor by reading them and their actions generously, assuming goodwill. That's an act of chesed. I have a picture of Atlas here with the world on Atlas's back, which is the image I picked just to represent this, this midah, uh, this, this component of chesed that is no ro, bearing your fellow's weight with them, standing with them in solidarity, making sure that those in our lives can count on us to help them carry their heavy burdens. That's an act of chesed, solidarity people who are marginalized and, and constantly need to activate, needing to advocate for themselves and their own rights, know how painful and exhausting that work can be. Allyship and solidarity is a critical act of chesed. And of course, kindness to ourselves. Kindness to ourselves. We forget that sometimes. These last two, bearing one's burden and being kind and compassionate towards ourselves are the hardest, I think. When one requires a tremendous, tremendous amount of sympathy and empathy and visualization to feel someone's pain if it's not yours, to feel someone's pain if they're far away and you're disconnected from them. And the latter, being, being kind to ourselves, that's just really hard to like not beat ourselves up. But what if we treated ourselves the way that we sometimes treat others? What if we spoke to ourselves when we messed up or aren't meeting our goals in the same way that we do with others when they're in that situation. The way I heard it once was if we talk about, if we talk to, if other people talk to us about the way we talk to ourselves, we would never be friends with that person. Acting with chesed towards ourselves should not be overlooked. Thinking about these actions, which feels like something you do already? Give yourself a pat on the back for that. Which feels like something, which of these feels like something you could do? 
and probably could do without much difficulty if you just put your mind to it. I invite you to tackle that act of chesed this week. Once a day, just try it. Make a note to yourself. Give yourself a reminder in the morning. We'll come back to that later. Just to reiterate, something we've noted in past sessions is that we practice all midot with small actions. Small actions. Chesed is no different. We don't need to save the world. If you can donate an organ, go for it. Do it. I am not somebody who is as blessed or as much of a embodied person of chesed um, as others. I'll be honest. I'm really not. Ravulbi puts it succinctly. He says, chesed is not limited to money. A nice word, a smile. These can give new life, can sustain someone. New life to someone who has given up on themselves. Nice word, a smile, that's it. A word of encouragement can bring joy. These are such small things, yet so significant. In general, there are so many acts of chesed that are easily within our reach. If only we would notice that they are needed. So what small steps, what small actions can we take to engage this world and in this world with more chesed? Not all of us are, as I said, you know, quote unquote, you know, naturally social justice people who naturally feel drawn towards fixing the world. I see an injustice. I have to step in. Not all of us are like that. For some of us, and on the other side, for some of us who give all of ourselves and always feel the need to be giving and giving and giving, we need to focus on maybe giving a little bit less, hard as it may be. But for many of us who don't engage chesed in this way, Ravulbi is here to help us as always. According to him, with some of my own modifications, what are the things we can do? What are some chesed practices or mindsets? First of all, chesed is something we just, we don't just wait around for the opportunity to do. The Talmud says that the way of those who do chesed is to run after the poor, run after them. Now, let's not be literal about that. It's a little, a little scary. But the point is, is that the same way, like we talked about a couple of weeks ago with Zrizut, that we should run after peace, that when we're in a disagreement with somebody, we should, be the, we should jump the gun and go and try and make peace with them. Zrizut, we should have Zrizut with chesed. We shouldn't just wait for opportunities of chesed to fall into our lap. We have to make it a practice to seek out these opportunities. If someone looks lost, offer to help them on their way. Don't wait for them to ask you. Just go and offer or just check in, see what's going on. If you're hosting a meal, make some extra food just in case there's someone in the community who needs a meal or somebody you might come across who needs some food. If someone in class looks confused, check in with them. Try to review the material together. If someone looks down and upset, do the same. Just check in with them. Let them know you're thinking of them and you care. Nine times out of 10, people don't ask for help. We must see, we got to seek out the opportunities. In the world of Ravul, in the words of Ravulbi, this these small acts of chesed don't require money or time, right? Just that we be awake to see what somebody else is missing. That should be our, our general orientation. Zrizut about chesed. So let's remember, let's remember that chesed is about sustaining somebody else, doing our best to contribute to their sustenance. The first act of chesed then is actually to identify what that person needs. That alone, as we said in the very beginning, is an act of chesed. Just seeing the person and what they need is an act of chesed. If I visit somebody in the hospital, there are a lot of things they need to, to be sustained in that moment. They might not say it out loud, but oftentimes one thing somebody has lost and needs when they're in the hospital is their own independence, their own independence. They might not say it out loud, but that's a very common thing. If we were just to say, I imagine it's, it's, it's so painful to experience the loss of your independence, just acknowledging that or simply having someone listen can actually be very reviving in a lot of ways. Just understanding one's needs and losses can be an act of chesed. This step alone is exceedingly difficult because we see the world through our own eyes, through our own priorities, our own values. But this act of chesed, as most others, requires us to step outside of ourselves and really be with that person in their pain. And when we do understand what they need, 
we are not to judge. If someone lost their Ferrari and now they have to walk or take a bus, to most people, big whoop, I do the same thing. But for that person who lost that Ferrari, this loss is so great. There's no obligation to bring that person back to their level of wealth. But again, with Chesed, at least understanding what they've lost and that to them, it really matters and not judging them for it. Understanding that their level of pain is, reason, that is legitimate and it's real, that alone is Chesed. So first we need to look and listen carefully before even doing anything before even doing anything. Otherwise, we're going in blind trying to do chesed. There are stories of charities donating uh, to a country. You know, some, I'm not, I don't know the exact story, but, but somebody said, oh, we need to donate many t-shirts to a country in Africa. And they donate all these t-shirts and they said, we don't need t-shirts. We need a malaria vaccine. We need AIDS treatment. We don't need to t-shirts are fine. Plus you inject all these t-shirts into the community. It's gonna hurt our own clothiers. So we have to really know what somebody means before you even do anything. Otherwise, you're going and going without any real, I'm just imposing my own values, my own perspective on somebody. Chesed means I have to see the other person, understand what they're going through. Rav Avram Grzitsky, Rav Wolby's father-in-law and a great rabbi in the 19th century, the spiritual leader in Lithuania. He actually worked for two years, two years on this next practice which is to greet everybody with a smile, with a lit up face, ha'arat panim. This is an expression. This expression in Hebrew is also known as noten shalom, giving the person a greeting of shalom. But being noten shalom, giving someone a greeting of shalom is also literally giving someone shalom itself, giving someone peace and a sense of wholeness. When I greet someone with a smile, when I say hello, I'm actually greeting them with peace. You know the feeling when someone's excited to see you? That's a taste of shalom. It sounds simple, perhaps, but it's not easy to greet everybody with a smile. Maybe our friends, that's easy. But people you work with, people who, who work in service, the person next to you on the train, it's embarrassing sometimes. And yet, giving someone shalom, saying hello with a smile, that's an act of chesed. And we can add kavod to that too. But not everyone wants to be greeted in the same way. If someone's feeling down, they don't want a whole ball of energy to come in their face. Before greeting someone, again, we're challenged to look at the person, try and get a feel for where they're at and greet them accordingly. Make an effort to greet people warmly and that can become a part of our nature. Ravolbi tells a great story. He says that one time he was at a simcha at a wedding of some kind and a Jewish person approached him somewhere around 90 years old and the person greeted Ravolbi, held Ravolbi's hand said, what's your name? Ravobi said, my name is uh, you know, Ravobi or Shlomo Wolbi or however he introduced himself. This person, this 90-year-old man repeated the name of Shlomo Wolbi. And he answered, you know, in the olden days in Israel, when someone met another Jew they didn't even know before, they would give praise and thanks to God that they now have one more person to love. Wow. I think it's amazing teaching to think of whenever we actually meet somebody or greet somebody, that's an opportunity to love somebody new. There are times when we want to do chesed for somebody, but they don't want it. Or they tell us they don't want it. And I'm personally of the feeling that if they say no, you know, we should probably respect that. But I also know that people are not always comfortable accepting help. They're not always comfortable accepting help. And the Musar approach here is if you are fairly confident that this person needs help and is simply embarrassed, ashamed, uncomfortable to ask for help, you have to do it creatively and with tact. Perhaps, as Rashi says, you offer them a loan instead of tzedakah. Perhaps um, you, you, you help them feel um, valued or helpful before helping them. So maybe this is just an example that I've read about, right? I might go to a homeless person and say, hey, I, I'm new to town, if it's the truth. I'm looking for this landmark. And the person might say, oh, you know, I, well, I live here. It's over there. And I might say, thank you so much. You've been so helpful. And now there's an you know, air of reciprocity. Maybe I want to give to that person and maybe because they know that they've been helpful to me and I'm not giving to them out of pity, but out of love and appreciation, maybe they're willing to accept it. There are many stories that Revolbi shares about being creative about chesed. My favorite act of chesed as we close 
is the act of judging favorably. Judging favorably. When I see someone who, as far as I can tell, is not 100% wicked. So like basically 99% of people. If I see them doing something questionable, I should assume goodwill and intention. This is particularly difficult, today's climate, but that makes it all the more important. This is an act of chesed. And it even fits the English expression. You know, reading someone charitably, being generous, reading them generously. I have an eye in tov, an eye in tovah, a good eye. I see the best in this person and I judge them accordingly. And when it's undeniable that this person, their actions come from a bad place, the Tomer Devorah, 16th century work says, Musar work, even if one is aware that another person is doing them evil and this angers that person, if that person has some redeeming quality, for example, they're kind to others, they possess some other virtue, this should be sufficient cause for one to dissipate their anger and find the other person pleasing. That is to delight in the kindness that they do do. This doesn't mean ignore the evil that needs to be dealt with, but to still notice that there is kindness that this person, um, that this person expresses. There are other ways that we can do it. You can see here, no Lashon Harad. Just don't talk badly about people and say, exchange it for Lashon Tov, good things. If I feel like I'm going to say something bad about somebody, maybe try and say something good instead. And then we talked about treating yourself kindly with chesed. Don't beat yourself up. And then lastly, lastly, bearing others' pain. So here we are. We've just done a lot on chesed. And so I wanted to turn us over in, in the next nine minutes that we have. We've seen a lot of examples. We've looked at it as a sustaining force of, of a kind of physical and spiritual acts from a deep place of love. It involves understanding what someone needs, helping them fulfill those needs, and doing so without expectation of reward. Given all we've said, if we look inwards, let's share. In the last, say, year, usually we do a week, but it's been a year of pandemic, how have others sustained you in some way, big or small, spiritually, emotionally, materially? Ask yourself, how have I been sustained? Who has sustained me in some way? Think about that for 20 seconds. In your mind, in the spirit of Armidav gratitude, imagine that person, if you thought of someone. And if you haven't, that's normal. It's sometimes hard to recognize who sustains us. But if you do have somebody in mind, in your head, thank them. And now ask yourself, how have I sustained somebody else in some way? big or small, spiritually, emotionally, materially? How have I sustained someone else in this last year? And lastly, and we'll share, what is one act just for this week? One small act of chesed, and we've given plenty of examples, but those are not, you know, we're not limited to the ones we did today. What's one act of chesed I can commit to doing once a day, once a day, at least over the next week until we meet next? What's one act of chesed I can do? I think calling it somebody, I mean, I found that's helped me a lot over the pandemic, but just phone someone. And I've certainly been trying to get a hold of all my friends and family in Israel, at least sending them a message. You know, I'm thinking of you, I'm praying for you. And I think Beautiful. that's just a little, little thing you can do that's really makes a, a big impact on others. Beautiful. Thank you, Lauren. There's actually a debate about visiting the sick. Does it work if I just call somebody or do I have to be there in person? And some people say in these days, just calling somebody or video chatting is as if you're seeing them and you can, you know, if you can't take care of them materially and, you know, take care of, you know, talk to the nurses and take care of what they need, just knowing that somebody is thinking about you, that is sustaining. If you feel like in the world that nobody cares about me, that is a hard life. Thank you, Lauren. What, what are some other small acts, small acts of chesed we can commit to doing? 
one thing that I uh, do in Vegas during the summertime because it's so hot is I always make sure that I have like a bottle of water, an extra bottle of water in the car to uh, give to somebody who's standing at the street corner who's begging, you know, or has a sign asking for whatever the case may be. Uh, we all need water. So I figure that's kind of the easy, one of the easiest things I can do to help out. Beautiful. Yeah. And what I love about that is you, you've prepared before there's even been a need, right? You're, you're going after it. You're preparing yourself. And when you have that water, you're probably going to be looking to, um, you know, for those opportunities to help. Um, yeah. So you are chasing after um, what we said. Um, reminds me of my friend, my Chavruta David, he always has the granola bars um, on him as well. And it's important to have soft food because a lot of homeless people don't have teeth or their teeth mm -hmm. are very weak. And so, you know, hard things are very, even apples are hard to eat. Yeah. So that's great. I love that water, perhaps, and perhaps even granola bars. In Phoenix, a number of our congregations have uh, have undertaken to adopt a family promise, which is which feeds homeless people on a small scale, like four or five families for a week at a time, so that it's not this huge, scary, unsolvable problem but we know that we're going to feed someone who is going to be sitting there with their parents or children or siblings. And uh, just to make a meal for a family like that or a group of families is just deeply satisfying. Thank you, Judy. Um, and you're bringing in this, this idea of food and food building community and connection. And we didn't even talk about the act of, of hosting meals and hosting guests as a a very Jewish way of doing chesed, um, but I love I love how I love I love that that you've brought that into the conversation. So thank you. And I'll I'll just add um, just um, back to Alex to your point. I mean I think there's something you know, I think bringing the water is something you're already doing. It sounds like every day. So if we want to sort of move ourselves up the field. Um, I might suggest that maybe if you find that you have the bottle of water at the end of the day, maybe it's, well, I got, it's as if the water is going to expire, I have to go give it out. Um, and maybe actually going to look, going to look, or if you see someone who's not necessarily on your side of the road, but on a different one, if you're driving, um, maybe crossing that road and just going out of your way. That's, that's like the, that's like an extra act. That's like moving it ahead. Um, it's hard. It's hard though. think for me, um, I want to commit to being more, uh, I would say, kind and supportive of my parents. Um, perhaps a daily call. Okay, that's very difficult. But perhaps a daily call. Um, and I can't say every time it'll be because I'm, you know, out of so much love, right? Um, you know, I just feel this natural. I want to call, but sometimes it's like, it's, it's something I, you know, it's my responsibility. Um, but hopefully sometimes it will be out of pure love. Um, and that's part of, I think, what's okay about chesed and musar in general. And we talked about this maybe on our second session, that even when the intentions are not fully there, they're not fully pure, that's still okay. The hope is that we repeat these actions, right? And that actually come to feel something emotionally or in doing these actions, we've had this opportunity to appreciate something about it that we didn't already. Real quickly for you, Rabbi, um, what are ways that you experience this towards yourself, like kindness towards yourself? I can oh. be pretty self-critical. I'm, I'm very yeah. good at reaching out to the community and to friends and to family, but I'm a little harsh on myself. So how do you, how do you go about yes, that? Yes. Yes. So actually I wanted to possibly bring it in today or maybe a different time about uh, self-compassion. It's a, there's a book called self-compassion by Chavruta David, who I've mentioned a few times recommended. Uh, it's by a, by a professor, psychologist at UT Austin named Kristen Neff. She wrote a great book called Self-Compassion. And if you go also on her website, self-compassion.org, it's not a particularly Jewish um, book. Um, it's definitely based in you know, Buddhist, Buddhist practice and traditions. I happen to have taught about it in a Jewish context and through a Jewish lens, because I think a lot of the teachings are in our Jewish tradition. Maybe, maybe we'll, we'll cover that a little bit. But the general mindset of talking to yourself pushing yourself to talk to yourself the way you would talk to somebody else in your situation. So if you would, you wouldn't say to the person, Oh, you suck. 
you know, you're failure, you're stupid. You wouldn't say that. You might just sit there. You might, or you might just hug them. So in actually in self-compassion, they actually say you should hug yourself, literally, physically hug yourself, you know, rub your shoulder. You might say, you know, Pam, Judy, Alex, Yehuda, it's okay. You're human. You make mistakes. You misjudged. You misplanned. You messed up. It happens. It's okay. Literally say that. If not out loud, that in your head, I have found that that's helpful. I'm not saying this is a pill, you know, a cure-all pill. Um, but if you recognize when you are starting to beat yourself, if you recognize that, uh-oh, I'm going down that, I'm going down there again, just got to say, you say, you know what? No, it's okay. It's okay. Either you can, one person told me, set up like a timer. For the next two minutes, I'm going to beat myself up as much as I can. And then after those two minutes, I'm done. Some, that's one approach. Another approach is that maybe mixed with, okay, and when I'm done with that, I'm going to soothe myself, right? And it's not about taking bubble baths. That's also good. Um, but it's literally, it's about talking to yourself, about holding yourself. Again, talking to yourself the way you would somebody that you love and who's going through something similar to what you are. I hope that's helpful. Yeah, that was I, very helpful. Um, go ahead, Judy. I find that I can say every day there's a sunrise to give us another chance to do it right. So that the sun's rising itself and greeting a new day makes it possible for what was missing the day before. That's a lovely way to look at it as well. Well, we're at time everyone. So thank you so much again, Rabbi Lauren. This is wonderful and the series. And can you tell us what would be next? Yes, week next, next week, we're gonna be talking about Savlanut, which roughly translated as patience. Um, then after that, we're going to do Seder, order, and then Emuna and Bitachon, something we sort of stayed away from, like ish, is like faith and trust. And then our last session will be about Bechir, about free choice and making active choices in our, in our you know, development of character traits. So next week, Savlanut, which will 